so we all had yesterday off. I'm not sure if you worked. I had a choice to not work, but I choose. I, I, I had all these calls booked in and I didn't realize that it was a bank holiday in the US. So I decided to still work. It's mad. Honestly, I kind of like those days when, I, when there's nobody else working. It feels like you can get so much done. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely a, a day to kind of like plow through work. Yep. We never met before, by the way. You're right, we haven't. We haven't met before. I feel like I've talked to you once. Yeah, it's been really fun um, kind of stepping in now that Faith is gone and doing yeah. all of this and wanting to talk to everybody because I feel like it's pretty limited to Slack and when I need something for marketing. Of course. So this, is a, this has been a fun way to kind of get to talk to everybody. Yeah, I feel like you know a lot of people in the company uh, more than anybody else. I feel like. I probably do. And then at times, you know, like we've added, we've added so many people to the team in the last few weeks that I feel like I'm way behind yeah. now, especially I was out the last two weeks. So. Oh yeah. How was, how was your break? It was great. We went, uh, we did a camping road trip up the East coast, um, and wow. went to Maine, um, oh, wow. Maine, New York, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Nice. So it was fun. We took the dogs with us and. We bought a new camper here, so it was our first long trip. And we had bank holiday yesterday. Nice. <laughs> Garish, thanks for joining me today. We are going to talk about, from this week in tech history, Apple introducing the iBook. I'm not sure. I might be dating myself, but like I definitely remember these coming out and being so excited about them. This was like my senior year of high school. There's been... There's been a lot of speculation about this, a lot of rumors, and, uh, and I get to end them today. We're going to introduce our consumer portable machine. So, we're working really hard on it, and uh, I hope you like it. So we went to our customers. We went to our consumer and education customers and said, what do you want in a portable? What precisely is it that you want? And we listened very carefully. And when you added it all up, what they wanted was an iMac to go. They loved iMac, they wanted an iMac to go. Could we make an awesome iMac to go? And we have done that, we hope. So first of all, what are we gonna call it? Just so we have a name to refer it by. On July 21st, 1999, Apple introduced the iBook, which was the first mass produced uh, consumer product that had built-in Wi-Fi connectivity. It was a major turning point that ushered in the modern era of wireless devices and had innovative features like an all-in-one design, clamshell uh, shape, hidden hinges, accessible ports. All of those things kind of like set the bar for what computers are today. It came in cool colors, which for like obviously anything bright, I'm like, yes, looks <laughs> good. How bright can it get? Like they had the blueberry one, uh, like that tangerine orange, sleek yeah. gray. They all look so good. And they had built-in Bluetooth, which was cool. First time you could like kind of port things to it without having to have cables everywhere. On the wiki page about it, they had a picture of one of the iBooks, but still had a mouse plugged into it. <laughs> you have all these features. You don't need the you don't need the cable. Yeah. So like I said, it's the most revolutionary feature was definitely that I have Wi-Fi, which meant that you could get Wi-Fi anywhere there was an access point. Um, 
they cleverly branded this as the airport. And we decided to go for it. And we are so excited about this. Airport wireless networking. It's a wireless LAN. It runs at 11 megabits per second. And it's based on industry standards. This is 802.11 wireless networking, and everybody is jumping on board with this thing over the next six to nine months. So all sorts of devices are going to be able to interact with airports. We're just going to be their first and best. It was initially marketed as an education device, but at the time, Apple had this kind of four-box approach that they wanted to meet where they had a desktop and portable computer for both the consumer and professional markets, so this kind of round. It helped popularize wireless internet and showed the world how convenient and easy it can be to access information and communicate remotely. It conditioned users to expect ready internet access at any time for most devices and applications, which set the stage for today's widespread use of Wi-Fi enabled phones, tablets, computers, watches, millions of them. I mean, what can't you connect to the internet these days? Yeah. It also brought wireless connectivity to the masses and proved there was a demand for portable devices with always-on internet access. And it ultimately helped cons kickstart consumer trends towards wireless communication, which is something that today is like, it's everything. Yeah. When we went on this trip, the first two days we were just driving. So I worked from the car for two days. Which is not thinkable those days when you look back. No. No. <laughs> I mean... Now, Wi-Fi wasn't even really, like, widely mm -hmm. used at that point. Um, yeah. We were a little bit past dialing up, but <laughs> I don't think by much. I'm pretty sure at that yeah. point, like, our computer still plugged into the wall, plugged into yeah. the, the Ethernet port. Eth yeah. I think one of the interesting choices that they made was that uh, making the consumer product the first one to have Wi-Fi. Um, over the professional product. I kind of wonder what their thinking was there. It's a really interesting thought because if you look back, like, why would you, you know, you'll ask the same question, like pros willing to pay it. Why would you not get the pros on it first thing? Right. If you look back, um, traditionally office spaces always, you know, when it became very modernized and like everybody started having internet on their desks, the way to get internet is to have a, a LAN cable running through your desk and you always had a ethernet port for a computer. This is my theory, right? Like the thinking, the fact that every office space definitely still today, you can go to WeWork and probably ask them for a cable and they will provide it for you. And it's like a, a, a setup and it's a very normal thing um, in, a, in a modern office space setting and the same at the home. So you can route your own into ethernet and like get this to your desk. Um, so for borough consumers, they always had the access per se for the ethernet. So I think something revolutionary and very unique, which is Apple thing, I guess, right? Like they want to get something brand new onto the hands of everyday user. And like nobody who's working would sit in a lounge chair and just like browse internet. You know, that's not a, a thing those days, I suppose. So yeah. I think having something detached from the Wi-Fi, uh, detached from the, you know, a traditional ethernet, cable is what people want people would need i think i think apple saw that very early on i think steve jobs is this revolutionary visionary guy 
thought yeah. maybe, hey, imagine if nobody's connected to the Ethernet, what it look like. And I wonder if in building a product, like kind of gearing it towards educational use was one of the reasons, you know, where it was, it's easier to centralize Wi-Fi in a classroom. Yeah. It is to do it in like a, a large scale office setting. It's pretty cool idea as well. Like you get this whole ne- network capability without like being threaded to something. So yeah, gave like a new wave of people to start using computers. And I think it's also really interesting to think about like, how are you? I mean, there obviously was Wi-Fi at the time, but to be able to start integrating that into a product, you know, that like the footprint of Wi-Fi at that point was very small compared to what it is now. You know, like with a hotspot, you can have Wi-Fi literally anywhere you can get a phone signal. Um, so I think it was an interesting choice that they like put so much development into that, um, knowing that Wi-Fi at that point had such a small footprint. One of the cool things is their innovation, like that one more thing. I saw the video where Steve Jobs was announcing the iBook. It's pretty interesting. And the the last one more thing uh, was this uh, airport, you know, airport device that like, you know, which is like the thing you set up in your house. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool because like, you know, you would not necessarily have any sort of router functionality that's Wi-Fi ready at that time. So when Apple were to introduce it for consumers, it was every everybody's going to adopt it. Or people are going to consider having that. And they have this interesting TV ad that makes it look like a spaceship coming to you and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting uh, for, for, for those audience when you look at it and people don't have vision for what, you know, a Wi-Fi would look like. It was an innovative and novel idea at that time. So it's pretty cool. And to be able to like to develop that airport system and say, you know, like we already have a solution. So it wasn't just enabling the thing to have Wi-Fi. It was enabling consumers to get Wi-Fi in the first place. Wi-Fi. Since yeah. we never, you know, if we didn't have that in our house. Yeah. The thing about this is that today nobody buys Apple Express or that device anymore because Apple doesn't sell it. Right. So it was very relevant at that time when it came out so it was pretty novel and they were just selling it as a whole package even like these laptops never came out of the box with wi-fi so you have to buy this card you need to slot it in it's an optional um addition but people bought it with the wi-fi setting and they bought the whole kit (laughs) yeah like we made this wi-fi enabled but you also have to get the wi-fi card and the wi-fi port yeah, um, which I which I think has also been kind of the trend that Apple has followed throughout yeah. the years, where you know they're doing something really innovative, but it's not always. Um, I'm thinking of like them removing the headphone jack from the iPhone. So it was, yeah. you know, when they did that, it was like, well, you have to buy the special adapter if you want to use corded yeah. headphones. Um, yeah, they always yeah. try to come up with this interesting solution like, oh, we're going to do something unique, but these are the caveats to it. So if you look at the, like when when Apple decided, oh, it's our courage, we're going to take the headphone, you know, plug off uh, for the iPhones, they started selling AirPods, which was like the, the best seller when it came out. Yeah. And then right now, the best seller is the, um, what they call it, Apple tags, AirTags. 
um, yeah. which is like getting the most popularity and like the whole find my feature and everybody integrating to it is like a, a new thing. Like Apple always comes up with like solving problems very uniquely and they try to take over the new space and own the old space too. If they didn't decided not to do the headphones, probably they would never sell AirPods as much. Well, it's a controversial question. <laughs> And I think that, like, obviously, I love good branding and good marketing. And I think a part of that is, like, um, a part of what makes Apple so successful in these things is, like, we're not just doing something innovative. We're not just doing something that um, is going to change the market. We're we're selling, like, a kind of, like, selling the image, selling the good design, selling, like, uh, this is how we're going to make your life easier with this. We did an episode on the iPhone already, and I... Yeah. I don't use iPhones. I don't really like oh, them. Wow. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Android all the way. But um, I still have AirPods. Yeah. Because those are, those are you know, for the size, the sound, the design yeah. is super easy. It's very portable. They've sold me on that. Yeah, it's a really cool tech. Um, I think Apple comes up with these novel solutions. Like, you know, traditionally, if you were to buy a headphones, you need to manually connect it. I don't know whether it's still the same if you were to use Android. But I think what I really like about the Apple's product line, especially headphone line, is that it automatically connects to your phone or your laptop. So you just bring it next to it, which is like pretty cool. And they had to build a chip for it and like make it like, you know, friendly enough to kind of like track and all of that. So it's pretty overkill for a design for like that but that's actually it solves like the headache of like oh where's my bluetooth oh, i need to unplug i need to disconnect and disconnect it back again yeah takes all that time off from you and it's like a cool experience um i think i think if you look back at this that's kind of what they were trying to achieve with the airport um utility thing with with the laptop at the ibook at the time so it was pretty nice like it, it, the philosophy of what steve jobs kind of set it kind of carries on even till today. And and I think that's what's going to happen with the Vision Pro 2 as well. It's pretty cool. Where can you tape wireless tech that we that isn't even, you know, like have we even explored the frontiers or do we just yeah. think we have? Um, it's very easy these days to be like always on. Yeah. Because now Wi-Fi enabled devices are everywhere. Um, yeah. What does the future of that look like? You know, like how can you, how can you go further from like always having access? So I think it'll be yeah. really interesting to see, like you're saying, with the Vision Pro, all these new frontiers of, of Wi-Fi enabled devices and what they do for us, how they help improve our ability to communicate, get things done, and experience things. If you looked at, looked at the TV ad uh, for um, uh, Vision Pro. Uh, there was this baby celebrating its birthday. I think it, I, I don't know how old it is, but the dad was like wearing this big headset on his face and he was like interacting with the birthday event. Like it was like pretty absurd and like, hey, it's, uh, is that going to be the norm tomorrow? But historically, if you look back, that's kind of had, that's kind of what we did in video cameras when you, when we had to pull it up and just bring it up on our yeah. face. Uh, so it was like such a, interesting translate uh, trans transformation to where it might go in the future as well so i can't wait i'm always excited for what's coming and how that impacts our society 
and like how humans interact with those computers. Because I think that uh, like on the whole, people still want the human element preaching our business practices right now. But it's like, you know, we I we work here because we think that the human element is super important. You know, like you said, like when we were kids, it was always somebody with a camcorder and then the camcorders yeah. got smaller and smaller. What really just made it easier for you to be present while still using technology to like capture those moments to relive them down the road. I, I think I see that in my um, gun work too as well. Like uh, one of the things we do in DevRel is like, hey, I, I, I always say this, say this pitch to people when I speak to them, especially new candidates who are joining into the platforms. Like, hey, uh, you might use this platform, but you're not dealing with robots. It's, everything is kind of manual. We use it to scale. So the platform exists for us to scale. Like so we can, five people can do the job very effectively. But I think, what matters for me and also for all the DevRel team is the meaningful connections we have with people, the developers, you know, who are in the platform. Um, I personally take time to kind of like learn their story and and like why they want to join Gun and all of that. So I see a lot of that and there's that human element. That's kind of what makes me be part of Gun in some sense too as well. So uh, that human element where we care, you know, we genuinely like want to know your story and really care to, for you to be having a good experience in our platform. So. It's more than running your running your resume through an ETS. Yeah, that's true. And lo- yeah, lo- I think some developers you see in the platform just trying to apply to every single job they get. It's just like, hey, I I'm thinking I'm it's a robot. No, I said like I speak to some developers. It's like, dude, you're actually speaking to us, and every application has been read by us, and we know that you're applying to every single job. So it's at the same <laughs> time, don't treat us. It's a robot. You know, it's like we are people. So talk to us, and like we have Slack, uh, the community forum can chat to and stuff like that so i think all of that can make a really cool experience and we i mean we are there is always a learning curve for all of us as well right like even for devrel teams we have a lot lot to learn and we want to modernize our experience at the same time be like human as close to possible yeah i I, you see that translating in tech in other areas too like how human can it be at the same time be like tech in the front um, so it's always an interesting challenge to be solving. And you bring up a good point, you know, when you say somebody is just applying to every job because they think it's a robot. Like We've been kind of conditioned at this point to think that like everything is being run by computers and robots and uh, because because everything has internet and you always have access to it, you should be responding right away. Um, there's just yeah. an expectation that you're always available. I don't know, it was really like being up in Maine, we had no service. Um, yeah, we had this was so we had we had car troubles with my what four year old truck, and wound up having to get it towed to a dealership. But we were somewhere where the most you could do was send out a single text message, so you couldn't send a group messages, um, and you could phone calls. It was incredibly humbling. Because I'm used to like, why shouldn't, why shouldn't I have internet? Yeah, it was really humbling to have to like really go old school because I'm, we were both so used to always having everything at our fingertips. Having that access is good and bad. Um, we still got everything taken care of, which showed me you, know, you don't have to, you don't have to always have the most information available to get something done. I think we have this human instincts of survival, finding, figuring things out. 
and like that kicks in when you realize that may the default we, we we have two character traits like one like let's be as lazy as we can get everything possible you know so if we have yeah. google maps we're going to use every single way and find yep. optimized optimized routes to get to a location where we need to get to but when we don't have it we just become this alert mode like where we are scanning the street signs and like being very cautious and i think that's our human nature i suppose right like we tend to default on things which we are very comfortable with and when we don't yep. or when you're not comfortable and it kind of like pulls you into it you know it's like even like even pandemic like you know the fact that it happened and like everybody has to be online and like be present because there's nothing else to do like you could watch tv all right okay that's great um yeah. but then you still have to come back to your computer to get your work done most of the people who can work online did the best mm-hmm. they could to work online and they were always connected and i see um so i i was like uh with this company based in the us i was in the uk working with them and i see most of the team members are always online on slack it's like hey guys what are you doing <laughs> it's just mad it's people love to be connected at the same time like there was nothing else to do so i think when now that the pandemic is gone there is that lingering behavior you trying to see that a lot with people being connected and it's all like thanks to wifi and all these internet advancements we had to kind yeah. of be that connected but at the same time it's uh, a behavioral change we had in people too like everything kind of like opened up new ways like once upon a time closing a business deal online it's different in the US but in the UK we are pretty old school we love to meet people build that trust and then like hey you know what let's close a business deal but i'm seeing a lot more now that like people are opening and closing contracts online 100% which just like makes us more like connected and like our all the efforts live off computer sometimes i wonder like what's it like hey i can take my brain and attach to a cpu or something you know like yeah. just go yeah. do my day cuz literally i'm paid for my brain power <laughs> it's like a knowledge yeah. worker kind of thing right it's just a new thought um so it's like very interesting like how that's actually changed our way of working today and like and also like um it's only going to get better and bigger in, in that area i think in devrel team one point i would say is that like we try harder at least my team like we try harder to kind of be asynchronous cuz we are on different time zones we don't want to be always online as much as possible you know it's not i think we are conditioned to think like the more hours you work the more online you are the better and cooler you're performing which is awesome like saying that's a good analogy but at the same time people need rest and we all need to like work at a different pace so we try to follow this culture called asynchronous culture i mentioned this in my first podcast with you guys as well so it's like the way asynchronous culture works is that you choose your hours you choose how you want to work but as long as the work gets done it's 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 not as simple as that but it's mostly like structuring your work and having some disciplines around it and saying boundaries yep. and and that way you can be very happy at your work and also like you know very happy at your personal life which you need to give time to as well and what a great thing about like the uh the internet makes that possible now you don't have to you don't have to necessarily line up your hours with somebody else to get something done or you know like i i really like writing early in the morning when nobody else is working yeah so it bother me um and i think you know like we um i think that that culture has 
really been beneficial for people with families. Um, yeah. We don't have kids, but I see, you know, the ability for other parents in the company to say, you know, like, hey, I'm going to take the afternoon off and go watch my go watch my kids play. If there's an emergency, you're yeah. always connected. There's Slack an email on phone. I forgot yeah. to turn off my work email until like halfway through the trip. And I was like, why do I keep looking? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's um, it's a really interesting um, pace of life um, we are in right now. Even like our podcast right now, right? We are in two different countries uh, in a yeah. two different time zone, but we can do this completely like not being in a studio, not worrying about this crazy audio setup or anything like that. Um, yep. And just make this work is kudos to the tech that has really made this possible. You just need to log into a browser and hit record and you're on, you know, so yeah. it's pretty, pretty noble. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a point to kind of appreciate what we have at the same time, like have a, like a, some sort of like a boundaries on that too, in some sense, like, you know, Apple kind of tries uh, its own way to kind of do this focus mode thing. So like, Hey, focus on your family. So turn on your family time and focus on work and just be on focus time. So, um, we, I think the next generation who's going to take over the world, like, would probably will have a better equipped mind on distractions and, and like, and this constant connectivity. And they will be better equipped for, for that kind of stuff. Cause my, I think our generation, we probably saw the tech taking over our day to day lives. And for next generation, they're born with it. So, so they will have a completely different mindset. Probably a lot better at setting boundaries around yeah. things like that because they don't know what it was like to not have it. And kudos to Apple for making it all possible. With that, with that I look. Yeah, but I starting from the iBook to where we are today, it's always pretty exciting to kind of see that transition. And, and the next gener next version would be this, you know, Vision Pro. <laughs> probably will be talking one year from now <laughs> awesome well Garish, thank you so much for joining me today um yeah thanks for having me talking about the the past and future of all things internet i hope you have a lovely wrap here week in london yeah thanks so much thanks for listening to the frontier podcast powered by gun.io we drop two episodes per week so if you like this episode be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us again next week and bring all your internet friends. If you have questions or recommendations, just shoot us a Twitter DM at The Frontier Pod and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.